The Twitter Files, part 76, 77, I don't know, we lost count. Let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Tuesday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host. Thank you for joining us live from our Stratus IP studios here in lovely eastern Indiana. Don't let cyber attacks or outdated business technology put your company at risk. Learn more at briannicholsshow.com forward slash Stratus IP. All right. Twitter files. Yeah, I I lost count because it seems like every other day we're having a new release of files, but every new release of files, tongue in cheek aside, yes, is important. And a lot of really uh, important stuff coming out in terms of the details between the Twitter uh, of yesteryear, not even yesteryear, yester month, and uh, the FBI. And to talk about some of those inner workings behind the scenes, joining us once again, good friend of the show, Olivia Rondau. Welcome back to the program. Hello, thank you for having me. Absolutely, Olivia. Thank you for returning to the show. We uh, have lots to talk about in the world of Elon Musk and his Twitter, but before we get there, let's do uh, the audience a favor, and that is reintroduce yourself to the audience. We have a lot of new folks here who have joined The Brian Nichols Show over the past uh, few months since you were last in the show when I think we were talking about how to talk about abortion without killing one another, um, so a little bit different <laughs> of a topic. But uh, yeah, since we last had you in the show, you're starting a brand new podcast on doctrination. I mean, that's pretty darn cool, so talk to us about that and all else is happening in the world of Olivia Rondau. Sure. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for having me back. Sorry, it's been so long. Um, You're busy. So I've, <laughs> I try. Um, so I've been a contributor to the Foundation for Economic Education for uh, over a year now, and uh, we have been working on this podcast called Indoctrination, basically like indoctrination, but with EU for several months. It's launching January 19th, and I'm so excited. My co-host is Maggie Anders, so if you don't know, check her out on Twitter, Liberty Anders. She's the best, another great uh, contributor to Fee, um, really important voice for Liberty. And basically, I know everyone's like, oh my God, not, a, not another like Libertarian podcast, but I I think it's going to be different. <laughs> I, I really do. There's not a lot of Libertarian podcasts where it's like two young 20-somethings. There's not a lot of females in the Libertarian uh, like messaging and podcasts and like show space. Um, and we're, I think we're going to bring something new and fresh to the table. Definitely going to be catering our show to... Uh, young people uh, to trying to be relate- relatable to like Gen Z, uh, women, minorities, as well as, you know, people who already consider themselves libertarians. But we really want to reach people who may have heard of libertarianism and maybe trying to understand what it is and uh, decide if it's for them. And um, also, you know, I guess for me personally, promote the message that there's no like one size fits all answers. So I know there's a lot of people like there's no true Scotsman, like, there's so many fake libertarians out there. You're not a real libertarian. I'm not a real libertarian. I'm more of a conservatarian. So I just want to let people know, like, that's okay. You don't have to fit into a box. I've never fit into a box. This podcast is about, you know, indoctrinating yourself because both me and Maggie used to be like the Tumblr kids, like back in middle school, like social justice warrior. Um, so yeah, I won't get too much into Maggie's story because it's hers as hell, but it's really funny. So you guys should really check out the podcast next month. So talk to us about, and you're talking about some of the stuff you're doing behind the scenes with reaching out to specifically 
folks who aren't in the liberty movement, right, to begin with. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that we have to do better, something we're trying to do here in the show with sales, marketing, and such, is yeah. reaching out to people that maybe aren't already on board, but are in that, uh, they're considering alternatives range, which is good because the biggest competition we're facing is status quo, people just sticking with whatever it is that they're comfortable with. So I guess when you're looking out to those folks, what are some of the main issues that you're seeing, Olivia, in terms of issues that just aren't being addressed right now by the red team or blue team that we can do a better job on, uh, not just in terms of communicating our, our solutions, but actually having solutions that solve those problems. For sure, for sure. So sometimes I even wonder myself, like, how did I even end up in this space? Because there was hardly any outreach to get people like me. And so I see there there are Zoomers in the space. It's great to see other young people, like in Young Americans for Liberty and Fee, you know, in, the, in these organizations. But I would say that the people that a lot of these organizations reach historically, and that's me even criticizing some of the messaging that I've put out, because I feel like a lot of it did not reach the intended audience. And maybe the problem is that a lot of people don't have Gen Z or young women or minorities in mind as their intended audience. And that's why a lot of messaging goes to boomers who tend to be the bigger donators. So I get that for a lot of like libertarian think tanks, organizations and and publishing houses, it's a business decision, but we're going to lose this country if we, if we don't market and, and if we don't cater to the young people. So my, what, what I think that, um, with just a couple of examples that I think would be effective is like, you know, as a young black woman, I feel like I was more drawn into the libertarian space a lot by people like Maj Ture, who, you know, have their slogan and organizations like Black Guns Matter that like, it's okay. We, we don't have to be like colorblind. We don't have to be like the boomer Republican. It's like, no, Oh, I don't see color. I don't care if you're black, green, purple or white. Like, Yes, like I, I'm glad you're not racist. Boomers like, are so you. uncomfortable about talking about it's race. So it's funny so though. funny. Like, it's okay. It's really? okay. Like you can say black. You don't have to say like African American or people of color. Like it goes on both sides. But yeah, like you can provide an agenda. You can provide talking points. You can provide strategy to black people, and you can say things like "Black Guns Matter" and it's not alienating. It's not racist. You know, you can you can say you can explicitly say you're trying to reach out to us. And people will respond to that. And I think people are scared of that. And they say, like, look at the Democrats. Oh, my God. Like, every time, like, it's um, not even really a super Democrat thing, but every time it's, like, Juneteenth or Black History Month or something, there's always this debate. And I don't even know, like, really who specifically it is, but there's always this debate. I'm not saying it's centralized in libertarian Twitter because it's definitely more of, like, an overarching, like, Republican boomer thing. But, like, why say Black? Why can't we just have a every every one day, everybody month, white people at History Month? I'm like, okay. Are you guys really about black, uh, you know, black outreach? Are you really colorblind? Because it seems like you 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 have issues with it. So, um, for that on the minority front, I think like just be explicit. Just say who you're trying to reach. Come up with specific plans for sp- specific groups of people. And I understand that libertarians have a knee jerk reaction to collectivist thinking, and um, I empathize with that. But I think where the difference is is in like identity politics, collectivism versus individuality, and just acknowledging that race exists and that, you know, it's a thing in our society that we should acknowledge is like, you know, me saying I'm black or I'm pro-black or I have pro-black politics, that doesn't mean I'm a Democrat, Republican. You, you can't really tell necessarily where I align or, or, or what I am or what I consider myself with that statement, but saying, oh, you're black, so you have to vote Democrat or you're black, so you have to vote Libertarian or you're black. So that's to me, the, the, the true evil of collectivism. 
Um, and so that, that's not what I'm about at all. Um, and so when people, um, you know, on the other side say, well, like you're stepping out of line, because of course, like, you know, I go hard on libertarians and, and Republicans and conservatives because I feel like I am one of you guys. So it's tough love. But of course, of course, of course, on the other side, I get called like Coon, Uncle Tom, like you're betraying your race. So like, don't take this as me like saying, oh, my God, libertarians suck at black outreach because Democrats suck at it, too. Democrats suck at it so bad. Like, I, I, I it, it's it's so comical. But I, I say I'm critical of libertarian and like, you know, liberty in general messaging because I want it to work, you know. Oh, trust me, I know. That's what we do here. Uh, and, and it's an uphill battle, it feels, at times. And and speaking of hill, uphill battles, talk about a segue, I know. Uh, let's look over at our good old friend there, Elon Musk, the new CEO and owner of Twitter.com. Oh, my goodness. It's been interesting to see what has transpired over the past month or so. Uh, and it's a lot of stuff that I think we all kind of in our gut and I mean, just by anecdotal evidence and data we knew was happening, but now all the stuff that we said was happening from conservative libertarian censorship to uh, the, the COVID misinformation air quotes being put down from the government from the top down to now a direct channel with some funds being exchanged between Twitter and the FBI, Olivia, what's been going on this latest dump from the Twitter files. (laughs) First of all, don't you feel so vindicated? Like everything we've been saying is true. Oh, all those conspiracy now. theorists who just ended up being turned into uh, conspiracy truthists. I don't know. Like, what are we now? Because everything we said was right. We're the truth tellers. We I don't are. know what to say, but uh, yeah. So it's crazy that the Twitter drop I've been uh, most paying attention to the last twenty four hours is one that dropped yesterday that basically share showed that. million since 2019, I believe, was shared from the FBI to Twitter for basically handling their requests, you know. So when they said, hey, can you take down this tweet about the Hunter Biden laptop story? Can you ban this account? Can you ban this account talking about, you know, misinformation or or COVID? That's they were getting paid to do that um, with our taxpayer dollars. So it's horrible. And, you know, we've been saying this. We've been alluding to this. We have been outright calling for investigations into this um, for some time. And, uh, you know, I, I commend Elon Musk. And I, it, it's been crazy. It's been a wild ride. He's made some other really interesting drops, um, you know, like Twitter flagging certain conservative and like right leaning accounts and, and, and stuff like that. And it's, it, it's all bad. But to me, this was probably the worst mm. is, is the government using our stolen taxpayer dollars to censor uh, information related to the son of a government official in order to cover up crimes. Like, that is a crime. It's a horrible crime. Um, So, yeah, I I am feeling very vindicated, very validated. But the question is, will something come of this? There we go. You know? Yep. (laughs) So I've been, like, trolling the mainstream media, looking at their pages, who's talking about it. Let's see who's sharing the Twitter files. Already, Barry Weiss has turned against Elon. So we know it's not like, you know, even some of the lefty journalists who are more moderate and independent, who Elon trusted, are like, yo, you're you're unearthing a little bit too much here. You're, you're, you're flexing too much power here. And I think it's a cop-out. I, I think it's a cop-out. They don't want to acknowledge it. Um, yeah, it's, it's sad. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But I'm... 
In the world of wine, there are so many choices, and that's why Blood of Tyrants Wine has tyrants losing their heads. Whether you're looking for a new go-to at home or want to impress your friends at a party, Blood of Tyrants Wine has you covered. And if you're trying to get rid of some pesky tyrants in your life, well, we've got that covered too. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash wine and get $5 off your order. One more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash wine. Free men don't ask permission, so take a sip. You'll be glad you did. I'm trying to bec- I'm trying to come out of my black pill phase recently. I was going to say this before we went live, but I've been like part of the reason why I've been like kind of having a rough time like this because I'm black pilled. So I really, <laughs> I really want to believe something will come out of this, and I'm really trying to rise above and um, take the white pill. But we'll see, we'll see. I'm hopeful. I'm going to try to remain hopeful that well, something will come of this. I mean, but. and I get it, right? It's so, it's so tough <laughs> when you look around. And there are so many Americans out there who not only want to be told what to do, but in many cases want to be the ones telling others what to do. And it it almost goes inherently opposite to our ethos as libertarians because we inherently believe, say it with me folks, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff, which by their nature makes sense and we're on board with that. But the, the problem is, that there is a, a core group of other people out there who they they don't care about that. Not only do they not care about that, their philosophy is to harm people and to take their stuff, and they will use government to do that. So I guess this opens up the conversation we've seen right now too. You know, this is beyond the Twitter files, but you know, just the general conversation between libertarians versus conservatives, and we're seeing this. On, I think it was just over on Timcast between Michael Knowles and, uh, and who was it over there? I forget who else it was over on the podcast. Was it Ian? I have no, to watch that. Yeah, but um, basically they were going back and forth between uh, – it was Luke. It was Luke, yeah. Um, and they were going back and forth between, uh, you know, what's, what's the answer right now? Is it is it – do we as, – as a society, do we use government force um, when it's trying to enforce our societal good, right? In terms of when you, you just have the basic... It just always corrupts. It just always corrupts. Right, and that was and the, just, the libertarian yeah. argument. But then, like, there's, like, the, well, what about the, the stuff you're, like... But it, that's just, like, common sense. And they use the example of um, a little la- old lady, you know, for example, I think it was getting hit by a bus or something like that, versus, like, giving somebody 100 bucks. Like, the, giving somebody 100 bucks just obviously is a better thing to do. But you... you you would look to say like, well, how can you prevent the little lady from getting hit by the bus and like to do everything you can in your power to prevent that. So, and to your point though, right? It always goes down into this, this downward spiral, this, this slippery slope, right? It is a slippery slope. Um, I remember back in college being told the slippery slope argument was, wasn't real, right? That's a logical fallacy. And mm-hmm. I don't know, 2020 through 2022, it's so real. <laughs> slippery meets slope. Real. Oh my God. I really hate that it's real because I really I didn't like when conservatives would start to harp on gay marriage and be like, well, look, we let the gays have marriage. And now there's like trans kids and drag queen children and da, 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 da. And I'd be like, yo, like not every gay person life is like that. But then I thought about it. I was like, well, I don't think they're necessarily saying that they think every gay person is like that because that would just that's just a nonsensical thing to say. Um, so anyone who's arguing good faith would not believe that or argue that. But if you look at how fast society began to accept things that were just not acceptable 20, 30 years ago, like, I don't even know if, 
I would be considered a conservative in the year 1990 uh, for believing the things that I believe, which is like, you know, um, don't give your sex assignment re uh, reassignment surgery to a child. Um, don't strip and put on a drag show where there is money being thrown and men in thongs in front of a child. Like to me, to to that seems like Why common is this sense. controversial. It's, it seems like common fucking sense. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Before, but it seems like common sense. But seriously, like, what? Why is this? Why is? And I guess is it the Overton window has been switched so much, Olivia? Like, I look back to even when I was in college to when I was in high school and, and just the, the pendulum has swung so far where what was considered just normal jokey conversation is now considered hate speech. And I mean, Mindy Kaling from the office saying that the office couldn't be made now because yeah. we're, we're too, we're too sensitive, but also I in a way stuff. in she's in, endorsing that behavior, that, that kind of, Cancel culture. And it's like, no, no, we, we, I can still watch The Office. We can still watch The Office and laugh. To quote Michael Scott, there is no such thing as an offensive joke. That's why it's called a joke. Like, we have to be able to get back to be a society that can laugh again. But it starts with us looking and I think also acknowledging what just happened. Like, the gaslighting and, and the, the constant fighting back and forth. Who was it? Tim Robbins? Uh, yeah, Tim Robbins. He just came out and basically said, hey, Sorry for, you know, saying that if you didn't get vaccinated that you're like one step to the right of Hitler. Um, yeah, we were, you know, we were a little uh, incensed and tensions were high. I commend people like that. Yeah, like, thank you. actually apologizing. Starting the conversation, at least having some means of having at least, I'm not asking for anything of financial recourse, but at least like some societal recourse of like acknowledging that there was some done. We Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We could go on and on. That's another podcast. Olivia. Would you get so, COVID reparations? <laughs> that that would be a whole different co uh, podcast we would do. That 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 would, that would definitely spark some uh, some conversation <laughs> there. Um, but no, yeah. but seriously, like I think we are at a point now where back to your original point with you know indoctrination, but also this kind of goes hand in hand with Twitter files. Hear me out. How I frame this: there are people who are now opening up to the uh, the idea and the possibility of doing things differently politically. Whether it's folks who they've experienced something over the past, name how many years, whether it's been through the COVID insanity, whether it's been through the, the you know, the Black Lives Matter insanity, whether it's been through, you name the, the, the social uprising and upheaval we've had over the past 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, whatever it may be, that now all of a sudden they're on board or they're opening up a, a way of doing things differently. They're on board. They're worth, let's have conversations with them. But also the people who are seeing what's happening with Twitter files and, we're, and they're like, oh God, that was a dumpster fire. Now, are there folks on the left that are going to be like, yeah, this is nothing. This is a big nothing burger. But there's a lot of average people who are like, whoa, what? That's huge. I hope so. There are. And, and back to you getting away from the black pill and taking that white pill. Thank you for that. I appreciate you wanting to look <laughs> to the optimistic side of things because I think there is a chance because once we talk about this in sales, Olivia, once People see it. They can't unsee it. Regardless of how much they can ignore it and pretend they didn't see it, once they see it, they can't unsee it. So I think as many seeds as we can plant, as many people as we can expose truth to, we're going to have more success. Because yes, we are the truth tellers. Boom. I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm actually in the middle of writing a piece right now, which um, I'll post a link and stuff when it's published. Cool. But it's about my steps to 
beating the black pill and and i acknowledge i'm not perfect i go through periods of time where i'm like i'm scrolling on twitter you know when you get to like the death scroll where it's like it's 1 a.m you should be asleep you got work in the morning you're just online consuming all this information it's like an overexposure to everything bad that's happening in the world um including you know seeing what's behind the curtain you know what's behind the smoke and mirrors in our own government and you feel like at least for me i get this feeling that society is 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 so broken and so gone and so hopeless and i started these kind of mindful activities like feeling great one feeling grateful i think that's the most important part is realizing that we're living in the best time in the world and arguably the best nation in the world for me you know i, I as a young black woman i'm like there there's really no better time for me to have been alive in america than right now so i'm like starting to feel gratitude Think about the progress we've made, recognize we still have a long way to go. And, um, you know, it is what it is. You can't give up. And so I think that when you, you know, when you really take the black pill, you you end up giving up. And, and, and we just can't do that. We can't afford to do that. So traditionally we do like final thoughts, but I don't know. That was a pretty good way to, <laughs> to wrap up a final thought right if I ever heard one. So I think we're going to leave the actual meat of the episode there. Olivia, thank you for, for joining us. And how about this? Uh, instead... Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll direct people to where they can go ahead and find you, continue the conversation, social media, and obviously where they can go ahead and, and subscribe to the new podcast, Undoctrination, over from Fee. Yay. Okay. So go follow me on Twitter at Rondo Olivia. That's R-O-N-D-E-A-U-L-I-V-I-A. And then go to fee.org slash undoctrination. It's like how you spell indoctrination, but with a U and sign up for updates. So you can get the emails and all the articles rewrite. And then also the YouTube channel, same name. There's nothing on it, I don't think yet, but subscribe. The first episode will be coming out January 19th. January 19th, right around the corner. Well, folks, there you go. Go ahead. There's your call to action. And beyond that, if you could do me a favor, go ahead. Give today's episode a share. When you do, tag yours truly and tag Olivia as well. And by the way, if you are uh, one of the 95% of the other folks out there who are listening to us on the podcast version of the show, going to make it easy for you. Go to your podcast catcher, kitsch, uh, click. There we go. The uh, artwork there in the Brian Nichols Show uh, artwork will bring you over to our uh, website where you can find today's episode, episode 647. What? And you can also find uh, all the uh, transcript as well as all the show links that we mentioned here uh, for finding Olivia as well as the new podcast. And by the way, folks, uh, did you know that uh, right now Candidate School is open? Yes, uh, starting in January, Candidate School will officially be starting. So if you are running for local office, you're thinking about running for office and you're looking for help. Listen, I get it. Political consultants, Olivia mentioned this earlier, it, it's like an incestuous game in, in party politics where it's tens of thousands of dollars to get somebody to help you out. So I said, you know what, we're going to get rid of that barrier to entry. You know what we're going to do? $9.95 a month. How about that? $9.95 to learn the basics of fundraising, messaging, sales strategy for political campaigns. How do you have an effective fundraising call? How do you go ahead and build effective messaging for your voters and actually focus on the issues they care about? We're going to have elected officials who won their elections, but we're also going to have candidates who lost their elections because, Olivia, I believe you can learn just as much from those who lost as you do from those who won. So if you're interested, folks, to our, our candidate school, head over to briannicholshow.com forward slash candidate school. Link will be there at the top of the homepage at the website if you go that route. Um, and then other things, one last thing, I swear, I, I'll shut up after this. Video version of the show. Yes, YouTube, 
Rumble, and Odyssey, wherever it is that you go ahead and consume your video content, all I ask you do, hit that subscribe button and little notification bell so you don't miss a single time. We go live five days a week with awesome guests like we have here with our good friend Olivia Rondout. Olivia, thank you for joining us. Any final words for the audience today? Um, Take the white pill. <laughs> take the white pill. I love it. All right, Olivia, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and to you, our amazing audience at The Brian Nichols Show, this is our last interview for the holidays, and that's just going to be a couple of one-on-one uh, -on -one episodes for your, uh, yours truly and you, the audience, talking about some sales tips and strategies. So beyond that, guests will pick up in the new year. So other than, otherwise, please do us a favor. Hit that subscribe button so you're not missing a single episode. But with that being said, Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Olivia Rondow. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation. And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to the Brian Nichols Show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support.